Recording in progress. Yeah, okay. I guess I don't have to Welcome. give you. <laughs> Welcome to Gotham Bushy Podcast. And then my thing says this meeting is being recorded. Continue. And I think that our listeners sometimes may feel like they just opened the door on us in, in, the, <laughs> in the room talking. <laughs> we're never like clean cut. We're always like in the middle of saying something else. And <laughs> but that's what it is. Come on in, guys. Come on in, too. Come on in. We're not naked. We're dressed. Yeah. <laughs> well, we may be, but, you know, don't look under the Shoot. cover. Don't look behind the robe. Yeah. <laughs> so it's just, yeah, well, welcome. It is episode 80. It spells true crime. Good year. Going to hear a crazy true crime. Um, 80 was a good year. Every year is a fucking good year. To it is, but now we're in the 80s. It was really good years then. Yeah, the yeah. 80s were definitely good. So yeah, we just started sure. watching um, Freaks and Geeks. Like it was, it was, it's a show on Netflix. I think it's on Netflix right now, but it was only one season long, but it was set in 1980. It was really cute. I'm really I've seen a couple of episodes of it. It's, it's been out Seth for Rogen. Years. Oh yeah. Seth Rogen yeah. was young. James Franco. I mean, mm. and it was real. I'm sad they didn't continue it. Yeah sometimes just things don't work unfortunately yeah. usually the things I really love they wind up ending and I'm like mm-hmm. really mm-hmm. yeah right I hate that but yeah so um he watched Handmaid's Tale no shut up I know the season finale was there yeah. but see that's the thing is ah. now that there's a season finale now everyone has to wait for the next year wait, again the season finale happened I heard I I saw on Facebook somebody said damn I this don't- year's this season finale though We've only had, no, that wasn't the season finale. Please don't tell me that was. Okay, we're going to move on because <laughs> I cannot end that way. Yeah, don't tell me. Yeah, because I'm like, because I told Robert, I'm like, now we can see, now it's over again. And you have to wait again. So that's why I'm glad we haven't watched it yet. We're just putting it off, putting it off until. I'm watching a new um, show on uh, the CW called, I think it's on the CW, but it's called um, Cruel Summer. Is it good? It's have you seen? Have you know what I'm talking about? I saw it advertised, but it's I, I, really good, and I really love it because it's based in '92, '93, '94. Yeah. So I, I love that because that's, that's like, like when I know because that's when we were in high school. Yeah. So I just feel like some of the stuff. I'm just like, oh, the music. Oh, this is so cool. Like I feel like I'm reliving our high school days. <laughs> yes. Um, but it's it's really really good. It's very suspenseful, and um, there's twists and turns everywhere. It's really good. Whoever whoever wrote that really did a really good job writing the show because. I mean, they definitely are a genius at writing. So it was really, really good. So I don't know. How's your week been? uh, Well, I want to hear about your week, but first I want to talk about some (laughs) other shows. Um, We finally finished The Crown. So wait, yeah, you liked it. Yeah, it was good. Okay. Yeah. I haven't caught up. I I haven't caught up for this. the this last season, season was, you know, a little Di- slow. Diane is in it. Yeah, it's season. a little slow. Mm-hmm. But, but the girl they ha- the girl yeah, they have playing Diana looks just like her. It's did really, really well. Like yeah. her mannerisms, her voice tone, her inflection, everything. She did really, really well with her. Um, and I like that they didn't focus everything on Charles and Diana's story. They did, you know, enough of it to remind you that this is what's ha- that was happening. It it's just really sad because you're watching it and you know how it ends. You know, yeah. you, it's like you know that it you know it doesn't. It's not this beautiful fairy tale for her. Um, so yeah, that was that was good. We also finished. Um, let's see what else we've been binging. God damn, I was just about to tell you another one that we just finished. Oh, remember I told you the one called Dirty John. 
And yes. it's a true crime. The first season is about this um, guy named John. The second season is about Betty Broderick and 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 that. Uh, I know I knew she killed her husband. I didn't know the story of it. It is so fucking good, Mel. Okay, I need to watch it. Oh my god! And what is it? What is it on, Bell? Is it on Netflix? Yeah. Okay. Got, you, we binged it all the way through. Couldn't stop. The first season is is good. The second season is all about a scorned wife. Okay, oh, man. I have to watch it. <laughs> oh man, it's good. It's good. It's okay, good. I'll have to watch it. Yeah, but you know, I like um, the, we love we like the true crime stuff. Shut up. Hello, Jasper Bad Dog. Yeah. Mm, yeah. So you want to hear about my week? <laughs> I do. What do you hear about your week? So my week's been pretty good. I went back to Dallas um, this past weekend, and it was just a shit show from the beginning. Like, just I, I'm so damn tired of sitting at airports. <laughs> it's not even funny. So now I'm you're planning it again to come visit me. <laughs> well, I got to take David home too at, at the end of July, but it's just, um, he's here with me now. So that's really good. Awesome. But it just, um, I had rented a car ahead of time. So it was like mm-hmm. reserved. So I'm, I've never really rented a car. So normally when I, I've done it like one other time, you go pick your car up and you leave and you're good, right? Yeah. Like you're done. No, it's not that easy. So they're like, you catch the shuttle from the airport to their car uh, rental place. I'm like, okay. Oh, yeah. Cause this is DFW. I, I couldn't find, so I'm like walking, it's hot, it's in the morning, I couldn't find the fucking rental car, like, shuttle, I'm like, so fuck, I'm like, fuck this, I'm just gonna Uber, I hate Ubering by myself, Mm -hmm. like, but it's still in, like, it's five minutes away, right, so pay 20 more dollars for to go Uber. To the rental car place? To the rental car place. Oh, Really nice guy, and that was driving me, I think his name was Muhammad, he was very nice guy, he's from New York, anyways, so I get there, so I walk in, and I still feel like standing around, and I'm like, that's weird. And then I go to get in line and they're like, we've been waiting for two people around. Like we've been waiting an hour and a half, two hours to get our car. And I'm like, oh, fuck this shit. Are you kidding me? I waited almost two hours for a rental car. That was reserved ahead of time. Um, Why? It was was ridiculous. And I just, mm, yes, it was not, it was the worst experience. So then like, who was it through? It's through thrifty or dollar rental, oh. but I booked it through Hopper and, you know, I, but apparently everyone's like that, you know, everyone's booked because everyone's like now getting back traveling into traveling. Again. Yes. I mean, yeah. anyways, so then I got more frustrated because I have a toll tag. I have money on my toll tag. I don't use my toll tag. So I was going to just hook the car up to my toll tag. Right. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Nope, couldn't do that. If I because of something they have um, on the car, if I went through a toll booth, it would have cost whatever the dollar, whatever dollar it is, you know, plus nineteen dollars oh. each time it hit it. I'm like, well, I guess I'm not going to toll booth. But here, I mean, gosh, we're it cuts off so much time sometimes to be able to hit. The uh, it does, and te- but it does like George Bush, all that to get yes. to that. So anyway, so I had to go all the way through downtown. It was just, it was just, anyways. But I didn't drive the rental car again until I had to leave to come home. So anyway, so we're at home. Caitlin came in, surprised me on Saturday. We Aww. were cool shopping and she came up. So I got to see her. Um, and then um, I got David. So everything was good, whatever. But then, um, oh, then I was checking in to get my bag. I They charged me for two bags. I'm like, but I only have one. So they charged me again for the second bag. I'm like, that's weird. I want to get my card in. So I'm like, okay. So maybe it didn't take. Mm-hmm. I put it in the guy's like, well, you have two bags. I'm like, no, I only have one bag. And I'm like, well, shit. Well, they couldn't refund it. I got to call them. You know, it's like, because it went yeah. through the kiosk, which they want you to go through. Right. They can't refund it. I got an email. So them. was it something that like you had 
done beforehand by mistake or no yeah it was just it was just a fiasco so anyway so, fly started it. so now we American Airlines. Oh, yeah. So American. Usually, oh, yeah. No, I just, yeah. I just have to mess. I just have to message them, and I just haven't had time this week because yeah. it's just been. Um, everything was great when I was home. You know, I got to go see my grandmother, mom, all that, all that good stuff. Yeah, but, but thank the- God that the cost of the additional bag didn't like break you. I mean, there's sometimes I've been in that situation. Yeah. We've both been in those situations, in our, and there are people. Oh no, I had to put a deposit. So the car was like two hundred and five dollars. It wasn't bad for the weekend. I only drove it, like I said, to my mom's house, and there. And normally Ashley would pick me up, but she had gone out of town to um, Broken Bow, so I wasn't gonna ask anybody else my mom couldn't come do it whatever yeah so the way home this fiasco so I have David who's unmedicated ADHD right yes and then yes so our flight was supposed to leave at 8 30 so I so I timed it that we had Yesenia's graduation party on Sunday at four o'clock well thank Mm -hmm. god Caitlin came in because we're at Coles she goes mom Yesenia's party's today. I said, what do you mean it's today on Saturday? She's like, yeah, it's today at four. It's only like 2.30. So I'm like, okay. I'm like, we're ready to go. I was going to change. So thank God she was there. So I'm like, well, shit. So we went, got her, you know, a gift card, whatever. And I took her some true crime cards and put them in her. She's like, I listen because she listens. So had I not, had she not come home, I would have gone to their house on Sunday before we headed to the airport. So anyways. So crisis averted, whatever, caught up with some old neighbors. That was great after that. And then, so Sunday had lunch with Amy um, at Snuffers, caught up with her. And then um, our flight got moved that morning an hour late. So instead of leaving at eight, it was leaving at nine. Well, then when we're sitting there eating with Amy, it got moved back up to the normal time, 830. So I'm like, okay, well, we're not that, we're getting early to the airport anyways, because we didn't have anything else really to do. We had to take the car back and I didn't really know where to go. So I was like, we're going to allow enough time mm-hmm. to get there. Should I allowed enough time that we had plenty of time? Cause we didn't get home until three o'clock in the morning. <laughs> delayed. So, it's delayed. Yes. Yeah, so we got there and we were at Seagate. Then as we were going literally from the car shuttle place, that's taking us to Seagate, it changed to D gate. So I'm like, it's fine. We'll get there, yeah, check our fine. bag, mm-hmm. go in, take the link to D gate to D30. We get to D30. We're sitting there. We're waiting. Like we're early. We got some Auntie Annie's, which my mm-hmm. son, let me tell you, we get off the ele- the escalator and he's like, there's an Auntie Annie's. I'm like, did you Did see it smell it? I smell it. <laughs> I was like, are you serious right now? Sure enough, around the corner. Yeah. So we got some Auntie Annie's and just snacked on that. And then we're sitting there and all of a sudden the gate changed to D1. <laughs> oh my gosh. From so we D30? walked all the way from D30 to all oh the way to D1. If anyone's listening and you're not familiar with DFW, the airport, it is a major international hub. It's like the number four biggest airport in the United States. This is no small trek to go from D30 to D1. It's a a hike. It's probably three miles. God. I mean, it's it's a lot. So we get all the way to D1. So the part of the airport, D1 to D4, is actually a brand new part of the airport. 
it's very nice mm-hmm. but there was no air conditioning oh shit um it was a very hot day outside <laughs> and it could be that there was air and there's just a lot of people in there and or, it's or all caught, glass. Turned off the energy <laughs> true <laughs> but it's all glass and so you have the sun beating in through this glass that has no like you know what i mean like no film on it you're to being cooked yeah <laughs> so you're being cooked so it was so hot in there we're tired because we've already been there in what two hours going on almost two hours now so we get all the way over there. So we're sitting there and it got delayed back to nine o'clock. Oh my so God. We're like, okay, that's fine. That's fine. We'll get home like fine. one o'clock instead of midnight. It's fine. I'm fine. We're fine. That's fine. why I posted that. So I'm like, it's fine. So we're sitting there. We're sitting there. Finally, the crew shows up. They go to, um, <clears throat> to like, they're waiting like to, for them to open the doors when it t- comes time to start boarding. There's no plane. <laughs> no plane for us. So we're kind of like, I'm like, well, the worst case scenario, we'll just Uber to my mom's was house. Was it stormy or anything? Absolutely and not. The there was, was nothing. Happening? There was nothing. There was no reason for this to happen. There was nothing. I'm waiting for American to send me um, a survey about my flight home. <laughs> and it's not their fault wow. because it's it is their fault. fault. Yeah. Well, DFW um, should have had their shit together too. Yeah. Um, you know, so I mean, so anyway, so finally it comes, it's like, so then they moved us from D1 to D4. Well, fine. It's right there. That's we not that bad. Yeah. Everyone is tired. Exhausted. Yeah, cranky. There was little kids with us. They're cranky, like whatever. Right. So finally we get on the plane. It's like 10 o'clock. And it was supposed to be leaving when? Originally originally 8 30 okay uh-huh. it's a two-hour flight mm-hmm. two hour and 10 minute flight okay mind you we get on it's 10 o'clock they load us up we're on we're like okay we're good we're ready to go like right so we're sitting there the captain comes on well folks we're just waiting for them to load up you know our the snack beverages the water and like pretzels or whatever they give you now and we're just waiting for the fuel truck and we're like okay oh, no big deal. you know like it's no big deal Fast forward two hours later, Shut we're still sitting there waiting up. for fuel, the fuel truck to come. Finally, they come. So it is DFW's fault. Whoever is in charge of their fuel, which I would say DFW, because the poor captain, you could tell, because I mean, he was waiting too. You had the same experience my dad had. Just two like, hours later, oh two hours later, oh. with an unmedicated ADHD child. Did he have electronics or anything to play with? He did, but it was just still, yeah. That's a lot for a, a normally functioning. It was a lot for me <laughs> to deal with sitting in this little. Ch- mm. I mean, luckily I had upgraded our seats to where there was a little bit more room, but it was just, yeah, it was just a fiasco. We got home at three o'clock in the morning, and I came oh home to Jeff being very sick. Uh-uh. So he's very sick. He went in today. I'm like baby you've got to go to the doctor he finally went to the doctor today and he's got covid bronchitis he didn't have covid his covid <laughs> was negative but he's got bronchitis like a touch of bronchitis like he just sounds like shit and i feel mm. bad like he's just that head congestion and then it moved to his his chest and he did he have to come pick you up at the airport no no we I had oh. parked at the airport so okay but, but i mean it was i mean it was like cheap to park it's 30 dollars to park at columbia like it's so cheap but um it just was um it was just an interesting yeah so but we got home three o'clock and but i mean every it's everything's been fine since then but it's just then that is it was a just nightmare like non-stop shit since yeah yeah it was it's been um 
it was interesting well you know yeah. the thing with like delayed flights and shit it's like thank god you did not have a connecting flight because then you would have missed that flight my and- thing is that they knew there was not enough fucking gas on the plane why in the fuck did you load us up yeah why why did you load us up get the gas at least in the airport you can go to some restaurants you can get food go to the the bathroom i can go to the bathroom we can still go to the bathroom on the plane but it's like the person next to me Mm -hmm. had to get up every time Mm -hmm. and of course you know and this is probably tmi but i i I felt like i had a uti like i was getting uti so like i was had to like like I felt like I had to pee but I'd go pee you know and it didn't I didn't really have to pee so sorry TMI TMI but you know (laughs) it'll have it happens to the best of us and I think it's just because we just it was so hot outside Saturday at that party it was a beautiful party um but it was just so freaking hot like we were sweating well and and plus you've been now in South Carolina for a little bit and they're there's their temperatures a little different so yeah yeah no it was hot it's a very unique yeah, it was so humid. It was hot. It had been raining nonstop, <laughs> but it was just, yeah, it had rained that morning. But anyway, so that was my fun week. This week has been great. David's here. Um, this weekend, we are going to uh, Cherokee, North Carolina. My brother and sister-in-law, Jenny, who listens to the show and niece and nephews are there and um, they're taking their huge camping trip they take what do you smell here no i was <laughs> taking their huge camping trip they take me. every year and um so we're gonna drive up there on saturday and um hang out with them so i'm excited about that so yeah so i mean but i mean this week i just work non-stop so yeah that's it. exciting yeah. yeah i'm getting used to the the heat here is a different heat than yeah i mean it's all the south the south is the south but it doesn't get as hot here in New Orleans as it does in, in Dallas because it doesn't usually get over 100 here, but the humidity is the no humidity fucking makes it feel like, yeah. And because there's it's so humid, there's your the sweat doesn't wick away. So it feels right. like, I mean, you you know, you move to New Orleans oh. when you're taking more than one shower a day. I mean, it's, that's how it's, it was in Texas on Saturday. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. So, I mean, we've lived through a lot of Texas summers and I'm like, this is going to be fucking brutal for us because you don't think it's that much different, but if you're in, used to an entirely different climate, it, it can, it can, it can affect you because <laughs> I'm like, oh my God, your clothes just completely soaked as soon as you walked outside. Yeah. I usually yes. don't sweat. I'm not like a big sweater. Um, yeah. like my husband, Robert, I mean, God, he sweats I mean, just buckets and I just, I've never been one that sweats a lot, yeah. but oh no, I cannot. We, when, um, Nora's mom and cousin were here that week and we went to the cemeteries on Saturday morning before they left out mm. And um, I'm like, okay, we need to go early before it gets too bad because we had planned on going the right. day before, but it got to be about 11, 1130. And I'm like, no, we're just not going to the cemeteries <laughs> at this time. No fucking way. Not at 11 so or 1130. No, uh, no. So I said, okay, we, how about we go first thing in the morning on Saturday before you drive out? Um, and you know, I'll make us a breakfast sandwich. You'd be right. ready with coffee in hand. We'll pick you up. We'll head out to the cemeteries. So that was really nice. We went to, um, remember the one that we went to whenever we toured with Bloody Mary's group, um, yes. the Lake yes. Lawn Metairie. Yes. We yes. went there and, oh my gosh, we saw so little of it when you and I were there. It is such a beautiful cemetery. Well, because we were there at night. That is know, absolutely where we're going to go so. for our, whenever you come to town and we go do our photo shoot, the one that we want to do, that's what we're going to go because it's, I mean, it's gigantic and so many different types of scenery, like 
hate to say scenery because it's cemetery, but different types of, you know, types of, right. you know what I'm saying? Like some yes. areas are wooded, some areas are not so much. So yeah, yeah, it's really nice. Um, what else did my week? Oh, oh wait, I have a notes. I had notes. Oh, have notes. oh. <sighs> Robert and I met Pepper Keenan. I know. I don't even know who I that know, is. I know, I know. You probably don't know who that is, but let me tell you. He is the singer and the guitarist for Corrosion of Conformity. Okay. And the guitarist for Down, which was an offshoot of Pantera. Okay. Um, so we were at the dungeon. We just decided to go drink. Oh, I remember what happened. Um, we were going to go drink. Happened was. What happened was, I was like, I was like, why did we decide to go there on a weeknight? <laughs> is there any ever a reason why in New Orleans you just go drinking? Um, right. No, but we were going to go drinking with Nora's mom and cousin. They mm-hmm. were really tired and hot because they had went out and done some walking earlier that day. And I, I, I was like, we don't do that stuff. We're not going to go out during the day. It is June, July, August in New Orleans. You don't go out in the day unless you're on vacation and you have a, a you know a limited amount of time that you're right. going to be here. So I'm like, we're not doing that. Sorry, we're going to be inside <laughs> until it gets night. But then let's go out drinking. I'm like, we can show you the dungeon. We can show you, you know, this lounge called um, Potions. There's another bar on Bourbon. It's called Local 718. And they have a really nice balcony, which a lot of times you walk down Bourbon, you're like, how do I get up on the balconies? What do I have to do? Mm-hmm. And this this place, it's a bar and they also serve food and they have a nice balcony. Um, and so Robert and I were ready to go and they were like, no. So we had dinner and I made gumbo. And I was like, if you don't feel like going, you don't have, you know, like, no, I think we're just going to go home. And I'm like, okay. But then I was, me and Robert looked at each other after they left. We're like, we were kind of looking forward to going out. <laughs> so, right. So we was like, okay, let's go ahead and go out. I was dressed. He was dressed. He had taken the next day off. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're like, okay, let's, you know, we went out and did a little bit of drinking just down at the corner bar where we always go. Mm-hmm. Your and, private bar? Yes, my private bar. The secret bar. bar. <laughs> Well, no, there's, there's three bars around here. So the corner bar here by my closest to us is deja vu. And it's really great food. We've talked about it before. There's another bar called three legged dog, which is a block mm-hmm. down. It's really good. And then there's a, I'll say there's another bar around the corner called phase. It's an Irish pub and it's, it's not as traffic <laughs> a tourist. Um, you'll see a lot of locals there, but it's, it's, mm-hmm. it's an Irish pub. Really, really fun. Really cool atmosphere. So we just went to deja vu. We had a couple drinks and the, I'm glad that we went back there because I left my tab open. The bartender was like, oh, you're cool. Because I'm like, we'll be back. So we went walking. We went down to the dungeon and we went in and I like the dungeon because their jukebox is, mm-hmm. oh, I think I told you it's four songs for a dollar. So like we feed money into it, but there's like sucky ass songs playing, but the bartender skipped them, which I really liked. So Robert and I are sitting there, we're drinking. We had a lot to drink by this point. Not that much. I lie. That's not true. That's a lot to drink, but not true. The medication helped. So this, this man walks in and when I saw him, I thought, I mean, you've been at the dungeon, right? We didn't go in. We just stood at the door because it was closed when we were there. Shit. Okay. So it's a very small and narrow. And there's right, like, as you could look into yes. it. So I know that hall that's small no, and so, narrow. No, so, yes, but then the actual bar itself is narrow. Okay. So the door's right there and it's narrow that way. And there's a seat at the end. It's a throne. It's like a 
Mm-hmm. It's like a wooden throne. Um, and that's where I always sit. But I was sitting there and you can see the door when people come in and people have to walk down the little bitty narrow area mm-hmm. to go to the bathroom. I mean, it's very small. You'll see when you're here. So he came in and I looked at him and I thought, oh, that's gosh. what she said. Okay, that's okay. what she is. I said, I thought, wow, that guy looks really familiar, but I couldn't place him. I'm like, I don't know where, oh, this guy looks so familiar. Mm-hmm. And he goes to the bathroom, he goes out and then he, he there's another time as he was going coming in he got a drink and went back out and robert goes you know who that guy is i'm like who and he said pepper keenan i'm like no he's like yeah and then we both pull up pictures i'm like holy fucking mm-hmm. shit there is no this is absolutely pepper is keenan. this real life is this real life oh my god i forgot the most important thing oh tell me what I'm on the cover of a magazine. <laughs> oh, yeah. Sorry, we'll talk about that. Let me finish my story okay. and then we'll talk about that. Um, so is this real life? And it was so like, I, we were said, okay, let's, uh, we saw him go outside. I said, I'm going to go outside and see if it's really him. And Robert's like, okay. Cause I'm like, I don't care. I'm going to go. You went and talked to somebody? I did. I had drinks. What? So I'm saying I had drinks. What? So I'm going to go see if it's really him. So it's not- me. <laughs> Well, if I'm doing it for, I felt like this time I was kind of doing it for Robert because Robert's a much bigger fan. So if I'm, yeah, you know, I can go talk to people for somebody else. So I go outside and I stand and I'm standing there like, oh, it's so hot. I need to, I need some air. And he's sitting at the she table. She said, it's getting hot, hot in, in here. here. So take off all your clothes. I oh, am getting so hot. Okay, go ahead. Let me finish. So there's a table outside and he's sitting there with the, a woman. It's his wife. And she's very, very pretty. And the, the door guy is standing there and I'm like, Oh, it's so hot. And he was messing with some paper towels, like trying to get them open. Like, you know, how you pull the center out. I'm like, uh, I was like, maybe you need to use two fingers. And then you know, he started <laughs> laughing. And I'm like, maybe, I don't know. Do you need some help? Do you want me to help you with do this? Get the, <laughs> and, start laughing. and this other guy out there was like, maybe you need to use a fist. And I go, I don't know who the fuck oh. you've been. <laughs> <laughs> I said, I don't know who the fuck you've been doing anything with, but I've never had to use a fist. And that, that made him laugh. He thought that was funny. Pepper Keenan laughed at that. He thought that was pretty funny. So then the guy goes on, the door guy goes inside and Pepper gets up and he goes to walk inside. And as he walks inside, I, I tapped him on the shoulder. I go, Hey, he goes, yeah. I said, you know who you look like? He goes, uh, Cherry Garcia. And I go, nah, man, Pepper Keenan. And he goes, Nah, nah. And shook his head and went inside real quick. But the, I knew right when I fucking talked to him up close face, face, it was him. I'm like, hey, my God. Hey, my God. Oh, my God. So I'm sitting out there. I'm thinking, okay, I got to go tell Robert. This is really him. This is really him. This is really him. <laughs> so then he comes out. He comes back out the doors. I was about to go inside. So I opened the door because I'm about to go inside. And he's walking out. And I look at him and I go, people can't see me, but I'm doing the whole eyeball thing. Like I see you. Yeah. And I, and I look at his eyes and I go like this that and he goes busted and did the fist butt with me I'm like I knew it was you and then I went inside you know I had to be cool I can't sit outside and be like can I have your autograph oh my god oh my god but I'm really like oh my god so I'm yeah walking, yeah <laughs> so I'm walking back inside to Robert and I'm beeline straight to Robert and I'm like it's really him it's really him it's really him <laughs> and Robert's like calm down be cool <laughs> be cool and I'm like oh my god oh my god I'm like flipping out I'm like it's really You're acting Robert's like yeah cool, you're done yeah be cool be cool man be cool and he's like that's so fucking cool that's I knew it was him I knew it was him and so I said he's still outside I'll be still outside I'm like let's go close our tab and go let's go because I want you to see him I want you to see him and say hi because he's like you talk to him I'm like yeah it's cool 
So we get up Not there. Not only did I talk to him, I fist bumped him. There, it, this, it, but wait, there's more. Oh. <laughs> okay. I'm just so excited because <laughs> it was so much fun. Okay, so then I go to close the tab and I'm closing the tab with the bartender chick and I turn around to Robert and I'm like, you got to get a go cup and I pour my drink in there. I'm like, just go outside, go ahead and go out because I'm afraid he's going to leave. Now that somebody has recognized him, I'm afraid he's going to leave. Right. So Robert goes outside and I'm closing the tab. And then I turn around to go outside too. And Robert's and I go outside and Robert's standing there and he's still there, but Robert's just kind of standing there. And he's just like, you know, Robert, he's looking all cool. <laughs> he's just like waiting not, on you. Yeah. Talking. Just waiting looking on my mean, wife. <laughs> just looking mean. Um, <laughs> so I come Which out. Which he's not. But when I came out, when I came out the door, I looked back over at Pepper Keenan and I, I pointed at him like, I know you. I'm like, I know who you are. Don't try to lie. And he just shook his head and, and kind of put his head down. And this girl was out there. She had a bride to be sash on. I said, Oh no, honey. I said, you know, it's not too late to say no. Right. And she started laughing and Robert had on a shirt that was a church shirt, the church, the church, and yeah. it has the church on it. And she, the girl goes over is, I mean, it's a very, very close area. Like, like a, a very close. It's not like we're right. trying to think of like a, I'm five feet tall. I don't know. It's a very, very small area. Okay. Sorry for that dead air. Um, so she's like, What is this? The church. And I said, Oh, and like Pepper Keenan's like maybe five feet from me at the table and his wife, and then somebody else they were talking to, and then the chick in front of me and Robert. I said, Oh, it's a gothic club in Dallas that that we like to go to. And then Pepper Keenan goes, Oh, you're from Dallas? I said, well, yeah. I said, well, yeah, we just moved here, but originally we're from Dallas, so, but we're here now. We've been here a couple months. And he's like, oh, I thought you worked here. I said, no. <laughs> he said, well, he goes, how did you bust me then? I'm like, that man right there knew exactly who you were as soon as you walked in the door. <clears throat> and he was like, oh, that's cool. That's cool. So, but while I was inside closing the tab, the lady, his wife, looks over at Robert because Robert's just standing there. There's not many people out there. It's only right. four or five people. And she has this beautiful rose in her hand <clears throat> and she hands the rose. She goes and she puts the rose on his shoulder. Aww. And then Pepper goes, you should keep that. And I was like, oh, okay. And the, he's like, no, really, you should keep that oppressed or something. It's from Dolly Parton's garden. You just, you just like cut out. What did you say? I, he said, no, you should really keep that or press it or something because it's from Dolly Parton's garden. Oh, what the hell? I know. It was like, what? It's a beautiful fucking rose. I'm like, there was no rose bushes outside. So we're like, oh my God. So I'm like, oh my God. So I'm carrying this rose and I'm like so excited. And so, and then I'm like, okay, we have to leave before we act stupid. But do you want to spell Dolly Parton's rose? Do you want to spell Dolly Parton's yes. rose? Do you yes. <laughs> so, so I'm like, okay, we're going to, we got to go, you know. He's like, oh, cool. And I turn around and I'm like, check you later man did another fist bump and robert shook his hand i'm like you know bye and i'm like oh we're leaving out there both of us like oh my god now he's all like <laughs> yes. and robert's like oh my god not quite like me but oh my god so then we have to go back to deja vu to close our tab and the bartender there we know the bartender and i'm walking down the street and i'm yelling at him i'm like ben oh my god guess who we just met and he's like who and i said pepper keenan he's like yeah, I believe it because he's from, he's from New Orleans. He's, he owns a bar in New Orleans. He's like, there's some other clubs that we might be able that we, if we go, we might see Phil Ensemble, which is lead singer Pantera down. Um, so I, and I was like, oh, and he told me that this, 
Rose is from Dolly Parton's garden. He's like, yeah, I believe it. Like totally to go home and press that shit. So it's, it's, I've got it in my dresser right now being pressed. So if you guys run into the lead singer Pantera, Robert's going to pass out. Yes. Oh <laughs> like my God. Gonna... He probably would. He probably would. He loves because Pantera. His, his worry is that he would see someone and not recognize them because, and I said, I'm so glad you're so good at this. Cause I saw him and I thought, wow, he looks familiar. How do I know that guy? Right. But Robert knew it immediately. He's like, yeah, that's fucking Pepper Keenan. He knew exactly who I was. Crazy. It was awesome. I love meeting I celebrities. So I like when they're chill like that and they're pretty cool people. See, that's my thing. I'm like, we gotta be cool, right? We can't, we can't, can't be stupid. Can't be Yeah, I you know, I get stupid and <laughs> I meet a celebrity. I'm like, oh my god. <laughs> gotta be cool, man. Check you later, man. <laughs> oh, yeah. oh, oh next week is my birthday. I know it is your birthday month and your birthday is next week. So we'll have to sing happy birthday. Yes. So when we record next week, we'll have things to talk about because this weekend we are going to the Vampire Cafe here in New Orleans, which we haven't been to yet, and a magic show at Potions. And oh, is it magic? Yes, magic. The jazz hands magic. (laughs) Um, Yeah. So, yes, your big news. Uh, my big news is I am on the cover, which you are on my Instagram or my Facebook, but I got a, I got a message a Monday, I guess it was after all the shitty weekend. So this like made it up for it, but, um, from my photographer, Sarah, that I possibly could have the cover of a magazine and I'm like, okay, but I didn't want to get my hopes up. I told you and like Amy and like, mm-hmm. Jeff, I didn't want to get my hopes up because I just didn't want to get my hopes up yeah the way that like my way the weekend went I'm like I'm not even gonna go there well sure enough I made the cover of Cat <gasps> magazine so it's a sister magazine of retro lovely um it's episode 30 and it's just kind of it's just it's just I don't know I don't I know these, <laughs> these photos of you I think are the best yeah I, I like those them. and I like the ones of you in the gold outfit I don't like the gold outfit, but yeah, really? I think, no, I, think so good I like my outfit. CD motel ones that I'm in the leopard print, like bustier yeah, type thing. Yeah. yeah it's more sexy, more I think that Hollywood glamour. Pinup shoot really just, it's so iconic pinup. It's perfect. And, and I it's see why just they how I dress. It. It's yeah. how I dress, you yeah. know? So and I, I mean, see why they picked it for the cover. Cause it was, it was, a, it was a very good shoot. Yeah. I, 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 I kind of wish they had done the one with you lying on your back with your legs up because I so thought that was a better shot. I have I have more inside the magazine, so I haven't seen the inside of the magazine. I have to order it still, so those may be in there. I have a full spread I'm on the sure. inside. As, I'm sure. I have a full spread on the inside because yes. I had to write a bio. Oh. Um, so I did put that I was a co-host of Gotham Bougie Podcast. Ah, we got True Crime, Zero Killer Paranormal. Like I told, I went ahead and said and that. Because you it just, say my ex-husband is an ass and he doesn't want to <laughs> No, I said I'm a pancreatic <laughs> cancer advocate. <laughs> um, I'm very big on supporting pancreatic cancer and then, yeah. Yeah, so um and I love all things vintage and pinup like because I was like it was like last minute set up professional audio and audio settings is you're saying that no but have we already been talking for 40 minutes maybe Holy we need to get shit. into our story but anyway know, so if damn. you guys want to go buy it my link the link to buy it is on my Instagram and it's Mel Titsworth if you guys want to find me on Instagram and the link is there if you would like to purchase it and I would gladly autograph it for you if you want to get it to me so Mm, yes all right guys okay. well sorry we've been rambling on but we had a lot to catch up on because <laughs> it's the shit show a weekend so we did so, so we're gonna um, get into yes. Belle's story so this story uh it came about i'm gonna cover 
I can't see you because I'm covering you, but so hopefully you can still, oh, well, I know you can still see me, but I'm just letting you know. I, can see. I, can't, I know I'm stupid. Of course you can still see me. Oh, shit. <laughs> okay, we're fine. <clears throat> anyway, I was trying to figure out what to do, what to do. That's, I think, the challenge now is that now that we're at episode 80, it's like trying to find something fresh you know so people, there's a lot out there though I know but something also I want to be interested in it myself so anyway yeah. so if you guys know of a this one came about because I was Robert wrote me a headline of something that he, happened wrote, he wrote you a headline he read me a read me a headline <laughs> like, what? What's that, going on? of a different story that I'm going to cover next time um okay. and then it came about because he was like oh did you hear about that story of this this thing that happened I'm like what no so I changed and now I'm doing this so I'm going we're going to talk about the black metal band not they're not African-American it's actually a genre called black metal <laughs> I want to make it clear for you have it because I knew really? you that would be the first question are they all black I don't understand are they African-American that or would be you um, but no, it's an, it's a genre of music that's very, very dark, but it's satanic. I know very, what metal band is. Yes, it's, it's called black metal. Um, but this band was called Mayhem. And from their brief oh, little... Oh, I've heard of Mayhem. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Have you heard of the story behind I it? I haven't. Okay. So their brief stint between 1987-ish to 1993-ish, mm -hmm. they actually produced one album very little mm -hmm. music except itself very little music and resulted in a suicide mm. a couple of years later a murder and in the mean, meantime of all those years about 50 burned churches what <laughs> yes it's this is crazy pants man <clears throat> so mayhem was founded in 1984 by guitarist um these are norwegian names so it's the norwegian black metal scene and so i'm going to say their names then but we're going to i'm going to refer to them the rest of the story by their stage names so, this, so they're are they in uh they're norwegian so yes. are they in the u.s no norwegian would not be <laughs> but i didn't know like if they had traveled here like if they had come here to the u.s it's like norway citizen. refers to from in Nor Norwegian refers to in Norway, but they okay. could be Norwegian and then they're just gotcha. Out of okay, no, United this is States. based. That's in what I mean. Norway, I, I know yeah, okay, I got you. I got you. <laughs> I got you. No, in Norway, you look so surprised. I'm like, why are you surprised right now? <laughs> okay, so it was founded in 1994 by guitarist Eisten Arsoth, who is actually known as Euronymous. Um, the bassist Jorn Stubborn, who is, and if you guys are listening to this and you are hardcore fans of this fan, and I'm butchering these names, I apologize. I don't want to spend what too much Euronymous? time. Yeah, I don't want to spend too much time on uh, trying to figure out how to say their Norwegian name. I'm just going to say their stage names. So Jorn Stubberud, who is known as Necro Butcher, drummer Kitschel Mannheim. And they took their band name from a Venom song. Venom is another black, uh, very, very heavy metal band. 
um, and the song was called Mayhem with Mercy. <clears throat> so the band members were mainly influenced by groups like Venom, Motorhead, Black Sabbath, Slayer, Bathory, Sodom, Celtic Frost, Parabellum. I mean, really, really hard, hard sounding bands. Um, the lineup began playing cover songs by Black Sabbath, Venom, Motorhead, and they later recorded the demo called Pure Fucking Armageddon. <clears throat> and after its release, Euronymous recruited a vocalist because he was mainly a guitarist, recruited a vocalist, Sven Christensen, who went by the name of Maniac in 1987. Mayhem ended up recording its first EP, Death Crush, in 1987 and released it through Euronymous's newly formed label called Poser Corpse Music. So it wasn't a very big label, so it was just something local that they produced. Um, the initial 1,000 copy release of Death Crush did quickly sell out, and then Maniac ended up leaving the band in 1988, and then the album was later re-released in um, 1993. Okay. So after some of the some brief replacements, Maniac's position was filled by Swedish vocalist Per Unimolian. He went by the stage name Dead, and a local drummer. Jan Axel Blomberg, which he went by the stage name Hellhammer. So with Dead, the band's concerts became notorious. I mean, this is some dark, heavy shit when you listen to this. Yeah. Music. Um, for the concerts, Dead would go to great lengths to achieve the image and atmosphere that he, he wanted. From the beginning of his career, he was known to wear what they call corpse paint, which involved covering the face with black and white makeup. Um, according to Necro Butcher, it didn't have anything to do with like the way Kiss and Alice Cooper's makeup was. Right. Dead actually wanted to look like a corpse. So he didn't do it to look cool. Hellhammer claimed that Dead was the first black metal musician to use corpse paint. And that's the dark, the blacked out eyes, white right. makeup, you know, right. not like so they look like a, they look like a skull. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. <clears throat> So to complete his corpse-like image, Dead also would bury his stage clothes into the ground so that they could start to rot and get the grave-like scent. He was a corpse on stage, literally, is what he would think of himself. That's weird. Once he even asked his band members to bury him in the ground so that his what? skin could become pale. Wait. What? Yeah. So this guy, so like, like burying him in the sand, they buried him like from the head he down. Asked him to, but they didn't do it. Okay, I'm yeah. like, what the? Fuck? So Dead was very depressed. He was a very, very troubled young man. He obviously um, was very fascinated with death, and we call ourselves morbid. It, we have nothing on on this. He's, this yeah, guy. I can tell he's ultra um, morbid. During one tour with Mayhem, he found a dead crow and he kept it in a plastic bag and he would keep it with him and he would smell the the rotting corpse before he would go what? on stage, so that what? he could sing <laughs> with the stench of death in his nostrils. Have you smelled a dead like carcass of an animal? He I was, can't. This was but... like he was. He was obsessed, literally obsessed with death. Oh. Um, he would sleep with them under his bed. He would collect dead geese. I mean, he 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 is very very troubled, and he's only twenty. I mean, young twenties. <clears throat> wow. So he would also cut himself while singing on stage. And during mm. one of the gigs in 1990, he slashed his arm with a broken bottle, and he had to be taken to the hospital after the gig. But they arrived too late, and it was actually no use to even give him stitches. It had already started to 
to um it was too late for the doctors to stitch it up it was he just kept on with his show um dead was known for his wait so he didn't it wasn't like he didn't cut like on his wrist yeah he didn't die he cut his arm okay 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 he didn't die yeah it was already healing on its own yes yeah 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 blood everywhere Um, okay i'm just making sure i got i'm on the right okay i got you i'm there i'm with you Dead was known for his morbid personality, as we've just talked in his obsession with death. Um, and it was a direct inspiration for his stage name. That's why he referred to himself as dead. He would mm-hmm. hold the dead birds. He wore shirts with funeral announcements printed on them. He wore the corpse paint. Um, and acquaintances and peers described um, as described him as difficult to befriend or understand. He was already intensely introverted and depressed. His personality and demeanor would only become more withdrawn leading up to his untimely death, unfortunately. And we'll get into that. Um, a progression that was marked by such patterns as harming himself on stage, which we talked about, isolating himself for long periods of his t- of time. Um, we talked about him cutting himself with hunting knives and broken glass and the band also because they really trying to perpetuate this image he was already troubled enough and more so fascinated with death and and corpses whereas Mm -hmm. the other members of the band did it a little bit more for show he was really really into it um he would um the band also would have a pig or a sheep's head impaled on stakes or planted at the front of their stage. They just did a lot of things to shock, you know, like a real sheep's head and a real pig's head that they yeah. murdered. Well, you can get one at a butcher shop. Okay. Yeah. You can actually go get one at a butcher shop. I thought it was like, you know how sometimes, I don't know. This is just the Lorena. I used to say, we're going to kill a goat. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I'm, think, <laughs> like I'm picturing them like sacrificing like this pig, this like sheep. It's like possible, but I do so. know you can get them from butcher shops. Cause like there's a band here in Dallas that was called Razor Blade Dolls. And the, that singer would often use a pig's head that he got from a butcher shop. You can get them. Okay. <clears throat> Sorry. Moving on. Um, there was another black metal musician named Occultus who actually sang with them a little bit later in their career that he referred to dead as he didn't see himself as human. He saw himself as a creature from another world. He said he had many visions that his blood had frozen in his veins and that he was dead. This is the reason hmm. that he took that name. He knew, he knew that he would die. So during okay. that time, Euronymous and Dead, Euronymous is one of the band members, they did not hit it off. Um, I think that uh, I'm saying this right. I was trying to get this all put together because it is crazy pants, this whole fucking story. There another, oh yeah, we talked about Euronymous. They had a very contentious relationship. They would get onto each other's nerves. They would all within fight. And Euronymous actually encouraged Dead's morbidity and his self-harm. And he would do mm-hmm. whatever he could to instigate him being more unhappy, more um, hurt himself. I mean, he like took pleasure in upsetting him. Um, so Euronymous and Dead did not get along whatsoever. Um, during in 1990 now still we're only in 1990 mm-hmm. the members of mayhem moved to an old house in the woods near oslo <clears throat> which was used as a place for the band to rehearse and they also began writing songs for their album which was called which was going to be called day mysterious 
Dom Satanus, which means of the mysteries of Lord Satan. <clears throat> the mayhem basis, Necrobutcher, said that after living together for a while, Dead and Euronymous got on each other's nerves so much. They weren't friends at all in the end. They really hated each other. The uh, Hellhammer, which is, I think, the drummer, recalls that Dead once went outside to sleep in the woods because Euronymous was playing synth music that dead hated he did it just to piss him off so like you couldn't he left the house to go sleep out in the fucking woods because he hated he was the so instigator much. yes yes euronymous was the instigator euronymous then went outside and began shooting into the air with a shotgun again to just piss him off and mm -hmm. to get him riled up um and then another band member claims that dead actually had at one time stabbed euronymous with a knife but we don't know exactly the circumstances around that so during this time, Dead's depression and self-harm really intensified. And on April 8th, 1991, Dead committed suicide at the house that the whole band shared. He mm. had slit his wrist and used a shotgun to shoot himself in the head. His suicide note. He started slit his wrist and mm. shot himself? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm. His suicide note started with the sentence, excuse all the blood. And included a brief explanation. Nobody will ever understand this, but as a sort of explanation, I am not human. This is only a dream and soon I will awake. The full text has become public and it ended by saying, I didn't come up with this now, but actually 17 years ago. He was only he was only 22, <laughs> I think. Attached to the note, dead so he was a child. Yes. Yeah, so he's yes, his entire life he was fascinated with death. Very troubled young man. Mm. Attached to the note, Dead left the lyrics of the song Life Eternal. When Euronymous came home, he saw all of this that had happened. And before he called the police, he went to a nearby shop. He bought a disposable camera and he photographed the body and rearranged some items. And one of the photographs was actually later used as the cover of a bootleg live album called The Dawn <gasps> of the Black Hearts. What? So Necro Butcher recalls how Euronymous told him about the suicide. He said, he called me up the next day and says, dead has done something really cool. He killed himself. I thought, have you lost it? What do you mean? Cool. He says, relax. I have photos of everything. I was in shock and grief. He said, I was just thinking how he was just thinking how to exploit it. So I told him, don't even fucking call me again before you destroy those pictures. So Euronymous ended up using dead suicide to foster's, foster mayhem's like evil image. He claimed that dead had killed himself because black metal had become trendy and commercialized and that, you know, black metal was worth killing yourself over. So in mm -mm. time, rumors also started to spread that Euronymous, remember he was the one mm -hmm. at, the, at the scene of the, the suicide, had made a stew with bits of dead's what? brain- and had made necklaces with bits of his skull. The no. band, the band denied that the rumor about the stew, but they actually confirmed that he had made necklaces with bits of his skull. Of his skull. What? Um, he also claimed Euronymous would give those necklaces only to musicians that he deemed worthy. Um, and this was confirmed by several other other members of the black metal scene. Um, like Baird, Faust, Etham, and Metallion. 
um, a couple other people's names that I can't pronounce. I apologize, but they did confirm that they confirmed it and that they, some of them actually still did own a piece of, um, the skull, um, and that Euronymous owns a piece of dead's brain matter as well. <gasps> he just held on to it. Yes. What and as well as lead from the shotgun shot, um, all of those were gifted to him by Euronymous. So this guy, Morgan Steinmeier Hackerson of Marda says hell? that he has this stuff because Euronymous gave it to him. <clears throat> so in 2018, a fragment of dead skull also went on sale for $3,500. What? Along with a letter from Euronymous that it was posted with. The letter said, the letter finishes with, okay, that should be all. I'm enclosing a little piece from Dead's cranium in case you'd like to have it, hear from you soon. And in a later interview in 2019 with Loudwire um, and Consequence of Sound, Necro Butcher said that all of this happening was upsetting him so much that he actually was going to kill Euronymous, that he was, he was planning to kill Euronymous because taking wow. advantage of dead suicide like this, because this was wow. his bandmate. So do we need to take a break? Um, not yet. We can't. Okay. We can't. I know it's, it's, it's okay. not that much, but I have a, I have a place where we can take a quick little break and okay. then the end of it will be pretty quick. Um, so Necrobutcher actually later speculated that taking the photographs and doing these things that maybe it was Euronymous's way um, to like cope with the shock of seeing his friend dead, lying dead on the floor from suicide. Just, um, oh. He claimed that Euronymous then went into like a fantasy world um, mm -hmm. that it really marked the point uh, that a Euronymous direction and everything kind of changed his viewpoint, this, everything about his obsession with the metal scene and things being very satanic. Um, right. I'm sure it did. Yes. And so, and even, and after his death, Euronymous tried to be even more extreme than that he would talk about before. So the suicide ended up causing a rift between Euronymous and some of his friends because people saw him as being very callous and, and right. not very sensitive to like, this is actually somebody died. Um, and people right. who were disgusted with his attitude towards even towards dead, even before the suicide, it was like he encouraged it and it didn't even matter to him. Um, Necrobutcher ended his friendship with Euronymous and imagine that. I mean, I would have, sorry, you're looking at my boobs for a second. <laughs> <laughs> I would have definitely ended my friendship with somebody like that. I mean, yes. they were already disturbed, yes. but he seems to be just as disturbed as dead. Yes. Yes. And, um, so after the suicide mayhem was left with only two members, the guitarist, Euronymous and drummer Hellhammer. Um, mm -hmm. They did recruit a singer named Occultus um, for a little Occultus. bit. Occultus, yeah. And, but it was short-lived because he left the band after receiving a death threat from Euronymous. What? So death su Dead's suicide affected Necrobutcher so much that after he left, um, uh, oops, sorry. Oh, I actually duplicated that, sorry. Occultus came, but he left because he got the death threat. So in late 1992, the recording of Mayhem's upcoming album resumed. That okay, the Indominus Dissentas Satanus. Um, and Euronymous engaged the only the only, uh, the only record or album that they released. Yes, yes, and it hasn't been released yet. They did like this, you know, demo thing. Okay, you know, just do but it they yourself. Had songs that were out. No, not really. Not a whole lot. There was, an, there was actually not a whole lot of music. So we watched okay. a documentary about it today. And it's like, there's what I'm picturing that I've heard, from, heard about. 
with them is I know that it's a black shirt and it's got white writing on it. It's like paint dripping down. That's every mayhem. That's every death. And it's like band. white. Yeah. Bubble letters. No, I don't know. I've seen, show, I've seen it. Yeah. I know. Yeah. I know. And There's, the guys wearing the Jinko jeans and. No, you might be thinking of somebody else. Cause this actually, it's, uh, ups, okay. the, the M and the, their upside down crosses, bat wings. Maybe I, mean, I yeah, am. I don't yeah. know. Um, anyway, so let's get to where we can take a quick break. In 1992, um, they were resuming their recording of this album that was going to come up. Dead was, had committed suicide. Dead was dead. Dead <laughs> was dead. Dead was dead. Um, and Euronymous engaged three more musicians, one whose name was Varg, which is important. Another one whose um, name was Blackthorn. I'm just going to do their stage names. And another one, I'm not even know his name because he was a singer Attila but the ones we need to remember is Varg and Blackthorn okay. and now we'll take a quick break and then we will come back and talk about the burned churches and murder and how okay. mayhem ended so yes, you guys stay tuned, for the stay tuned break. because that was not even a half of it you guys can go become a patron on Patreon if you listen to our quick little Patreon. Which if you listen to Mel say, please go become a patron. On yes, Patreon. again. <laughs> <laughs> All right, stay tuned. Stay tuned. Hey guys, Mel here from Gotham Bougie Podcast. Did you know that if you go to www.patreon.com slash Gotham Bougie Podcast, you can become a patron and you will receive lots of rewards along with some special gifts once you've been a member of after two months. And you also get special little gifts from us and some little trinkets throughout the time that you are a patron on our Patreon. So go and join Patreon now. It's P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash goth and bougie podcast. What are you waiting for? Bye. Hello, Hello, welcome back. Welcome back to Gotham Bougie Podcast. I'm glad you two. enjoyed that little tidbit from Mel telling you to go join our Patreon. And we know you did, didn't you? You all went and joined our Patreon, didn't y'all? I'll get your gifts out soon. <laughs> <laughs> soon. That's our motto. Soon. Where was I? Oh, yes. Okay. Now here we are. Back to our story of Mayhem, who took their band name fucking literally, it appears. So my asthma's bothered me. I hope Obviously, you guys can't they hear sure me. the fuck did. Can't hear me wheezing. You can't. I'm sorry. So oh, in- oh, she's breathing in the. <laughs> so in 1992, members of the Norwegian black metal scene began a wave of arson attacks on Christian churches. On June 6, 1992, the Fentoff Stave Church, which dated from the 12th century and was considered architecturally significant, was burned to the ground by arson. By January 1993, oh my God, that's horrible. Yeah, it was beautiful. By January 1993, arson attacks had occurred on at least seven other major churches, including one on Christmas Day. By 1996, there had been at least 50 attacks in Norway. In every case that was solved, those responsible were black metal fans, some in the scene, some musicians. Some of the buildings were hundreds of years. <laughs> Are you looking? Do you see Robert? Did you see Robert? Dork. <laughs> what did he do? <laughs> 
sorry. I can't hear him. I didn't even hear him come in because I got these headphones on. He's like, I'm like, what are you guys saying? What are you laughing Rock. about? That's yeah, so sorry. He's, 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 he's excited about this story too because this is this is some good shit. Um. Anyway, he bought me these headphones for my birthday. So now I can be all special in this little microphone. And then he got me a woodwick candle. Anyway, 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 where was I? Anyway, in every case that was solved, it was the, the people that were responsible were black metal musicians or black metal fans. Some of the buildings were hundreds of years old and they were seen as very important historical landmarks. So it's actually very sad that these churches were burned. Varg, you know, one of the new musicians that musicians that Euronymous recruited was found guilty of several of these cases. The arson and attempted arson of um, the Assane Church, the Stone Vet Church, the Skolge Church, mm-hmm. and the arson of Holmel Colin Chapel. He was also charged with the arson of the Fantov Stave Church, but the jurors found him not guilty. Euronymous and other members of the scene were also said to have helped during all this varg claimed that all the buildings except for the one at stavanger were done by only one person so at the time media outlets reported that varg was associated with theistic satanism but he said you know that's not really the truth i'm not really a theistic satanist but there these arsons were more revenge for the Christian desecration of Viking graves and temples. According to mm. Varg, the arsons were on the anniversary of the mm. Lindisfarne Viking raid. Yeah. So he was more um, into Odinism. Right. Euronymous Bahala. was very much into theistic Satanism and not mm-hmm. Aleister Crowley Satanism, not Anton LaVey Satanism, mm-hmm. not even church. Um, mm-hmm. God, my dog. <laughs> the satanic <laughs> temple satanist like what the christian church views as satan of you know a a a deity that is absolute rule that was a satanist that um euronymous was he believed that there is no individuality there is no specialness that we're all here to serve the master and otherwise you're not worthy um so in early 1993 animosity ended up arising between Euronymous and Varg because Euronymous was an asshole and everyone didn't right. like the way he acted um, as well as between Euronymous and other members of the Swedish black metal scene. Everyone was getting kind of sick of him and his elitist attitude. Um, Varg says that Euronymous was even plotting to kill him. That's crazy. That he had heard that Euronymous was planning to stun him with an electroshock weapon, tie him up oh. and torture him to death while videotaping the event. Varg explained, Varg said, look, if he was just talking about it to everybody and anybody, I wouldn't have taken it seriously, but he just told only a select group of friends. And one of them told me, so he said he took him seriously. He said, Euronymous planned to use a meeting about an unsigned contract to ambush him. So on the night of August 10th, 1993, this was what our junior year. Yes. Yeah. August of 93? Yeah, because it's right before our senior year. That would be our, well, we graduated in 94, so August of 93 mm-hmm. would have been our senior year. Yeah, right before our senior year yeah, started. Yeah, beginning, yeah. Varg and Blackthorn. We drove, were band camp then. <laughs> okay, right, for real, though. That's what I was trying to think. What were we doing? Okay, yes. We were in band camp. Yeah, so August 10th, 1993, Varg and Blackthorn. These are two of the musicians that Euronymous, you know, recruited after the fact. Right. They drove from Bergen to Euronymous, Euronymous's apartment okay. in Oslo. 
Mm-hmm. Blackthorn stood outside smoking while Varg climbed the stairs to Euronymous's apartment on the fourth floor. Varg said that he met Euronymous at the door to hand him the signed contract. He says he was just going to tell him to fuck off. But when he stepped forward and confronted Euronymous, Euronymous panicked and kicked him in the chest. Varg claims that Euronymous ran into the kitchen to get a knife and the two got into a struggle and Varg stabbed Euronymous to death. His body was found in the stairwell on the first floor. Mind you that he was on the fourth floor. So there was quite a bit of a struggle with 23 stab wounds, two to the head, five to the neck and 16 to the back. Varg contends that most of Euronymous's wounds though were caused by broken glass that he had fallen on during the attack. Really? Yeah. So after the murder, Varg and Blackthorn drove back to Bergen and on the way they stopped at a lake where he disposed of his bloodstained clothes. Um, He's done several interviews since this murder and he says things like, "Um, I was um, trying, I was upset that he was trying to um, run. Oh, my dog. I'm sorry. I was upset that he was trying to run. Um, He started the fight. I was going to finish the fight. That kind of thing. Hold on one second. Okay. 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 We're back. Sorry about that. My child was knocking on the door. They said they had the worst experience of their life. I'm listening to it. And I'm like, that's the worst experience. I had to stop what I was doing. (laughs) It was, uh, they, they weren't able to order from the bar down the road anyway where was i okay yes so there's been plenty of interviews with varg and he said Mm -hmm. that it really because part of the thing that came out in the trial is that he he could have stopped killing him he he tried to flee exactly euronymous tried to yes but he said that you know he started it it pissed me off you're not going to be a wimp he actually said that you're not going to be a wimp and then say okay i don't want to really finish this fight now so he said i finished him off so on August 19th, 1993, Varg was arrested. Many other members of the scene were also taken Good. into questioning. Um, Varg claimed it was in self-defense due to the stories that he had been hearing and that Euronymous attacked him first. Um, Blackthorn claims that Varg had planned to murder Euronymous all along and pressured him into coming along. He claims that in the summer of 93, he was almost committed to a mental hospital, but he fled to Bergen and he was staying with Varg. Um, Blackthorn said of the murder, I was neither for it or against it. I didn't give a shit about him. Varg, however, claims that he had not planned on killing him um, and that Blackthorn came along only to show Euronymous some new guitar riffs. Mm. So the trial began on May 2nd, 94. At the trial, it was claimed that Varg, Blackthorn, and another friend had planned the murder. The third person stayed in the apartment in Bergen as an alibi to make it look like they had never left. So right. like, they make it seem like they were there. He was supposed to rent films, play them, all this stuff like that, order stuff, withdraw money from Varg's credit card to make it look like they were still home. On May 16, 1994, Varg was sentenced. He was found guilty and he was sentenced to 21 years in prison, which is Norway's maximum penalty. 21 years? Yes, for the murder for of murdering someone is 21 years. Yes, and for the arson of the churches and the attempted arson of that fourth church and for the theft and storage of 150 kilograms of explosives. So he got 21 years for all of that. 
Hex, um, mm. He only confessed to the latter with the last thing of the explosives. Two churches were burnt the day that he was sentenced, presumably as a statement of symbolic support by the fans. So Black, they, okay. Yeah. Black, yeah, yeah. Blackthorn was sentenced to eight years in prison for being an accomplice. And Varg was actually released from prison on uh-huh. in 2009 on parole. So at Euronymous's funeral, Hellhammer, which was Mayhem's drummer, and Necrobutcher, which was Mayhem's former bassist. Which decide- are innocent still. Yes, yeah, they had nothing to do with it on any of it. Okay. They decided to continue with the band, and they continued okay. working on releasing the album, the Day Mysterious Dom Satanis album. Um, in May 1994, which is the year, the, uh, the month we graduated, it was released and dedicated to Euronymous and has Euronymous playing on electric guitar and oh. on bass guitar. And before the release, Euronymous's family had asked Mayhem's drummer, Hellhammer, to remove the bass tracks that were recorded by Varg because, you know, Varg killed him. And right. Hell, but Hellhammer said, I thought it was appropriate that the murderer and victim were on the same record. I put word out that I was re-recording the bass parts, but I never did it. Right. Um, so the Norwegian wow. black metal scene considered Varg a traitor for murdering Euronymous and turning his back on Satanism in favor of nationalism and Odinism. Although Varg claims that he never was a Satanist anyway, and he had only used Satan to provoke people and get them upset. Um, they saw Euronymous's death as a significant loss to the scene. And some black metal fans have sworn to avenge his death. After his death, a cult. Oh, he better fucking watch out. Yes. After his death, a cult pretty much has developed around the memory of Euronymous. And he is hailed by many as the king or the godfather of black metal. And I think my my husband told me that um, that album that they released is hailed as the most influential album in black metal history. Really? The theory is or the thought is that there was so much emotion this young band had went through all of this and then they produced this album so it's the music is really really good um wow so when varg was convicted it was originally possible for him to release to be released after serving just 12 years but then that was extended he was denied parole in 2006 he was denied parole again in 2008 um but like we just said he actually did get parole um, after serving nearly 15 years of his 21 year sentence, um, he's still making music. He, after he was released, he made more music. I read that him and his wife had been like brought up on terrorist charges. Um, so he's still making trouble and making music. And my husband said, he's like a popular meme in the scene because his, there's a video of him being questioned, um, in the trial and he kind of smiles, but, um, yeah, that's he obviously has like some issues as well that he needs to get taken care of. So. Clearly, but yeah, that's my story of mayhem. <gasps> that's the band crazy. mayhem, the suicide of dead and the murder of Euronymous. And <sighs> that is it's just crazy. And, uh, and 50 burn churches. 50 burn churches. Mm. Yeah. Mm. yeah. That is just let me grab my notebook. I need to write 50 burn churches. <laughs> that might be part of our title. Where did I go? I've lost it. It's disappeared. Oh, there it is. That's crazy. Yeah, I did not know this story at all. My husband's like, What you never heard of this? I'm like, no. I'm like, the more I started reading about it, I'm like, holy shit. That's like 
crazy pants right there. <laughs> That's what I told Jeez. him. I said, as Mel would say, this is crazy pants. Yeah, <laughs> it's crazy pants. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yes. That was a great story, Bill. That was Thanks. very enlightened us on a lot of different things. Crazy. Um, do you have anything fun going on this weekend other than celebrating your birthday? Yeah, my birthday. We're going to, like I We've said, we've never going. not celebrated our birthdays together. And I'm so sad. Belle texts me, man, I miss you. And I'm like, I miss you too. And then we're going back to Dallas for July 4th. And we right. were like so set on going to Pan because Pan has reopened. And then they're not opening. And now, now they have electrical issues and they're back to being they- closed. I'm hoping they'll be open by the time we go. I don't know. Maybe it's something, maybe it's something small, you know, I don't know from some of the comments I'm reading, it could be big, like it's a code issue thing. So So they're going to have to find somewhere else to hold. Maybe. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know if, if they're not open, I guess we'll go to the church because I wanted to go, you know, hang out with people, but I'm hoping Pan, yeah, I'm hoping Pan comes in. I just, I don't know. I love Pan and I don't, I don't know. It's not the same. Yeah, it's not the same, and um, like the church is not the same. For I mean, I, I think you're either like a, a hardcore pan fan or hardcore church fan, and of course you can do both. But there's always one that I think has your heart a little bit more. But like the first pan we went to that had the bathrooms. Oh, I loved that one too. I yeah. loved that one. It was and so starting, fun. I started to really like the new one, and actually, uh, yeah, this I'm one like, out of all the, unlike the church, which really lost a lot of. Mm-hmm. the appeal with moving I mm-hmm. actually would be fine with wherever pan is because Byron and the people are really what I go for so true true true, yeah. true yeah yeah that is definitely true but it's just I feel like the atmosphere makes it a lot and they've really done so much to the new building that yeah, yeah so we keep going on on about it if you I guys haven't been off to con you just need to go yep true. um I think that's it. I got to go cook dinner. It. My kids, it's, se- it's 7 17 here. So <laughs> they're starving. We're at 6 17. We're uh, there in Nola. So mm-hmm. um, we are taking a ride in a few weeks to your favorite a- rocket ship. In our favorite rocket ship, going Zoom through the sky. But we're taking it to. It's a night ride, so we're going to a haunted Ooh. somewhere that's haunted. So I don't want to say where it is because I may cover that on my. Oh, that sounds fun. Okay, so, I think you should. Yeah, um, I'm a little scared about it, so I need to get the app that you guys downloaded for the talk box or whatever the yeah. box. Mm-hmm. I need to get that app. I hate those things, but I wanted to have it for the bridge. I'm going to take my little swishy sticks. Yeah, swishy so. sticks. You're so funny. <laughs> <laughs> the dowsing rods. Um, yeah, that's. I don't have anything else. So that's um, it for me too. Thanks That's for it. listening, Thank you guys. guys for listening. I love all our new listeners. Um, just thank you guys. We do this because for free. Sorry, this one was a bit longer, but we had a That's lot of fine. personal stuff to talk about. <laughs> They'll be fine. If you don't like it, fast forward. <laughs> no, don't really. Not really, really. All right, guys. Thanks so much. Anything we'll else, Bill? Go to That's our Instagram, it. Facebook, um, Twitter. Um, become a patron on Patreon. We're going to fucking keep saying it until we have a thousand patrons and more. Okay. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> all right guys thanks so much and hell to our um high priests oh uh, yes robert and uh, robert and jeff yes if you yes. want to get your shout out you got to become the 25 five dollar patron member oh hail oh hail all right you ready uh, i guess so one <laughs> two three. <laughs> are you ready yes one two three
Y'all come Y'all back come now. back now, you hear? Yeah. <laughs> I think I'm just not going to say it anymore, period. Yes, you are going to say it. We can just have one of us say it. Or we should uh, record ourselves saying it and then say it. Okay. Now, thanks, guys, for tuning in. Bye.